I'm Linus. Welcome to Kids Talk Church History, a one-of-a-kind podcast where kids investigate the history of the church. How has Jesus built and preserved his church against all odds? Come with us on a trip through history to find the answer, here on Kids Talk Church History. He looked down on my low condition and had compassion on me, young and foolish as I was. He kept me before I knew him and before I could tell the difference between good and evil. He protected me and consoled me as a father does for his son. This is a quote from Patrick of Ireland. While we tend to think of Patrick in regards to St. Patrick's Day with parades, leprechauns, and lots and lots of green, the real Patrick was a missionary to Ireland in the fourth century. Despite being kidnapped and enslaved by people from Ireland, Patrick felt called to share the gospel with them. He wanted the Irish to know the compassion he had received from God, so he devoted his life to bringing them the good news. Welcome to a new episode of Kids Talk Church History. I'm your host, Trindy. I am 15 and live in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm Emma. I'm also 15 and I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm Christian. I'm 13 and also live in Charleston, South Carolina. So a little about Patrick's life. He was raised in Britain, which at that time was a part of the Roman Empire. We're not exactly sure where his hometown was, but somewhere probably on the western side of Britain. His grandfather was a priest of the local church, and his father was an important magistrate in their area, as well as being a deacon. Despite being raised in a loving Christian home, young Patrick was not interested in learning about God. In fact, he didn't understand who God was at all. But all that changed when a band of Irish pirates raided his town and kidnapped him and some others when he was only 16, which is just one year older than you and me, Trinity. So they took him across the Irish Sea to sell him as a slave. The man who bought him made him tend a sheep. This was a big change for him. You see, at home, he was rich and had his own slaves to serve him. After he was kidnapped, he had to do hard work he had never done before. I can't imagine being taken from my family and forced to work outdoors and watch over sheep. He must have missed his family a whole lot. Yeah, but God used that hard time to save him. While he was a slave, he remembered what his parents used to teach him about God. He began praying so much that the other slaves called him the holy boy. That's a funny nickname. Yeah, it seems a little silly to me too. But God had completely changed Patrick's heart from the boy he was before. Now he devoted himself to God. After several years in Ireland, he dreamt that God told him to escape and to find a boat that was ready for him. Patrick obeyed the dream and traveled almost 200 miles to a shore where he found a boat ready to leave. The boat was owned by Irish merchants who were carrying some goods, including dogs. But when Patrick asked if he could travel back to Britain with them, they said no. He must have felt completely lost. He had traveled all that way as an escaped slave, which at the time was very dangerous, only to be turned away. But he prayed that God would change the minds of the sailors, and God answered his prayer. He had just started to walk back when they called him and told him that he could travel with them back to his homeland. They didn't take him directly to his town, though. He had to walk even more to get to his home, but eventually he made it. His parents were so happy to see him, and he was overjoyed to see them, too. Everything seemed to go back to the way it was before, and everyone thought that Patrick would stay there forever. But Patrick wasn't the same. His heart had been irreversibly changed. A little while after he returned to his home, he had another dream. This time, it told him to go back to Ireland as a missionary. This is very important. Before him, no one had gone outside the Roman Empire specifically to bring the gospel. Some people spread the gospel while they were traveling, and a few churches had been formed here and there in Ireland as well. Some time ago, we talked about some young people like 
Rementius, Odysseus, and Nino, who brought Christ to kings so that their whole nations became Christians. But going specifically outside of the empire as missionaries was a whole different thing. Also, most people thought that the Irish were wild and dangerous. Yeah, but Patrick knew that they were just as much in need of Jesus as anyone else. He studied hard so he could qualify for the task, then left for Ireland, even if many tried to stop him. I can only imagine how heartbroken his parents must have been to see him leave again. Yeah, it must have been really scary going back to the place where he had been a slave. I'm sure it was, but he was just following what Jesus said when he told his disciples to love their enemies and pray for those who persecuted them. We'll have more to say about Patrick, but let's stop for a moment to remind our listeners, if you have a question or comment, you can email it to questions at kidstalkchurchhistory.org. And today we are giving away a few copies of Simonetta Carr's latest book, Patrick of Ireland, courtesy of Reformation Heritage Books. So be sure to go to our website at kidstalkchurchhistory.org to enter to win. And now we welcome our special guest on today's podcast, Dr. Philip Freeman. Professor of Humanities at Sevier College, Dr. Freeman has written a fascinating book about Patrick. While it's written for adults, it's not too difficult for teens to read as well. Dr. Freeman, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So we covered Patrick's earlier life, but we have not said much about his later ministry. Could you tell us about how Patrick shared the Bible with the people of Ireland? Sure. From what we can tell from the two letters that Patrick wrote late in his life, his work as a missionary in Ireland was slow, and he traveled a lot. He uh, mostly traveled throughout the northern part of Ireland, and he preached the gospel wherever he could, and sometimes people listened, and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they beat him up and uh, arrested him and even enslaved him uh, again for a short period, so it was really hard. But he went around, and he never gave up, uh, and he told stories. Um, we know he was a very good tor- storyteller, and the Irish love stories. So I think that was probably his main way in to Irish society was to tell stories. You mentioned that he had a lot of opposition. Did he have opposition from bishops back in Britain as as well? He did. The church authorities, the bishops back in Britain, did not like what Patrick was doing. They never really did. They thought the Irish were not worthy of the gospel, that they weren't even human. And so it was always a struggle for Patrick to to get support from the church authorities back in Britain. But eventually uh, that came to a head and uh, they called him back and he said, no, I won't go. But uh, he, he really was on his own a great deal. And uh, to clarify, when we say Britain, do we mean what today would be England and Wales? Yes, uh, England and Wales, and even Scotland, really, although Scotland was always beyond the Roman Empire, but mostly what uh, we think of as England and, and Wales. The, the the English, the Anglo-Saxons weren't in England yet when uh, when Patrick was alive. So Patrick wrote a letter of confession in response to the opposition he was getting. I've read some of it in his very good and very passionate. You can tell that he really believed that God had a great love for the Irish as he does for all peoples. I love to see how many scriptures he could quote and how almost like the Nicene Creed it was. Um, But what do you like about the confession? 
what I love about the confession is that it's it's not like anything else we have from ancient literature. A confession, first of all, when Patrick says it's a confession, it's more a better translation in a way might be defense. Uh, he's offering a defense of his life. But what I like about the confession is that he reveals himself. He reveals all of his shortcomings, all of his faults. He dealt with anxiety. He dealt with depression. Uh, he dealt with uh, just all of the difficulties that, that all of us deal with. Uh, so it's an incredibly honest uh, sort of letter, but he is passionate uh, and he talks about his love for the Irish. He talks about all the difficulties he's had uh, and he talks about how he is not willing to leave. Uh, he is not going to go back to Britain like the bishops want him to. Right. So he also wrote another letter to a captain of an army who had raided an Irish village and killed and imprisoned a whole bunch of people. That captain said that he was Christian. So Patrick was particularly upset. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. The captain's name was Caroticus, and he was living in Britain at the time, at the time after the Roman soldiers had withdrawn. So the British were on their own, and they formed these little groups with warlords, basically, these captains. Uh, and one of them, Caroticus, sent his soldiers over to Ireland in a slave raid, kind of the same thing that Patrick had experienced early in his life, except Caroticus sent his soldiers over to go get Irish slaves and bring them back. But the slaves that he got were the the converts of Patrick. They were members of his congregation. They were Christians. And Caroticus uh, claimed to be a Christian as well. And so Patrick writes this passionate letter uh, full of scripture quotations. And it's just, it's it's seething. He is so angry uh, at Caroticus for what he has done. Uh, and so he says, you know, release these captives, send them home, bring them back. Uh, if you want to have any hope of salvation yourself, you know, you are not behaving like a, a real Christian at all. Uh, and so it's one of the most wonderful, passionate, uh, no-holes-barred sort of uh, letters that you will ever read from the ancient world. Does it come before or after Confessions? probably comes before. It's probably what Caroticus, uh, Caroticus doing his slave raid uh, and Patrick writing the letter, that's probably was the final straw to the British bishops because Patrick is not supposed to be messing around with British congregations. He's not supposed to be writing them letters. And so I think the confession probably comes after the letter to the soldiers of Caroticus. Right. So there are two main legends about Patrick. They say he explained the Trinity with a shamrock and drove the snakes out of Ireland. I know they are not true, but why do people still believe them? Well, they're great legends. And uh, the shamrock, you know, it's a three-leaf clover. If you ever look at a three-leaf clover, it's got three leaves, but it's one, it's one shamrock. And Patrick was trying to explain the Trinity, the idea of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to the Irish, uh, how you could have God in three parts. Uh, and it's a difficult thing for any of us to understand. But Patrick, uh, the, the story is that Patrick used this to explain, and I don't know that he ever did. We have no evidence that he ever did. But but honestly, it's the sort of thing I think Patrick would have done. Uh, so it is very possible he was trying to explain to the Irish who had hundreds, thousands of gods uh, about how there's really only one God who is in three persons. And the story about driving the snakes out of Ireland, that's a, that's a great story that comes along centuries later. And what happens is that snakes, uh, ever since the book of Genesis and the Garden of Eden, snakes have always been the bad guys. Uh, and so they represent evil. And so when Patrick drives the snakes out 
out of Ireland, that's just a symbolic way of saying he's driving the evil out of Ireland. Uh, but it's it's a wonderful story. There actually were never any snakes in Ireland at all. You can go to the Irish uh, Museum of Natural History in Dublin, and there are no snakes there. Uh, they, they They were never there at all sounds like you're very knowledgeable about this topic, and I understand that you've written a book about Patrick. Uh, why did you decide to write about Patrick? Well, when I was in college, that, that was the first time I read the two letters of St. Patrick. Now, I had you know heard of Patrick, everybody had heard of Patrick, but I didn't know that the, there were these actual two letters that were written in the fifth century from, uh, I mean, this is so rare to have this sort of thing, and the story is so compelling, so passionate. So that's when I got interested, and then I went to, you know, finished college, went to graduate school, became a professor, and I said, you know, I want people to know this story. Uh, and so I wrote the this biography of Patrick. I translated the letters from Latin uh, just because I personally love this story uh, and I wanted others to know about it too. Now our listeners know we like to ask our guests two questions. First, how were you introduced to church history? And second, what suggestions do you have for kids like us? Well, I think church history is amazing. And again, I was, I think, about your age when I just really started reading. And that's all you have to do is uh, just read good books. Uh, that's that's how I would begin or listen to really good podcasts. That's a, that's another a great way to do it. Back when I was your age, we didn't have podcasts. They hadn't been invented yet. Uh, but books, podcasts, videos, anything you can find that's solid and, and good uh, is the absolute best way uh, to do it. And that's how, you know, I began just by by learning and reading about some of the great figures of church history, going all the way back to Jesus and the apostles. Uh, and so that's all you have to do really about learning anything, I think, is just to have an interest and a passion and a desire, and you'll be amazed at how much you can learn. Dr. Freeman, we are so thankful that you decided to spend this time with us and share your knowledge about Patrick. But now it's time to say goodbye. Once again, you dear listeners, make sure you visit our website, kidstalkchurchhistory.org. Again, kidstalkchurchhistory.org for the opportunity to win a copy of Simonetta Carr's book, Patrick of Ireland. That's also where you'll find all of our podcasts, special offers, news, and more. And don't forget to tell your friends where they can find us. In partnership with the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, and on behalf of my co-hosts, Emma and Christian, I'm Trinity, and thank you for listening to Kids Talk Church History. <music>